Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing It in Real Estate. This week we have Mr. Reed Goosen. Reed is a accomplished real estate investor. You know, he's he does real estate syndication. He actually moved here from Australia after quitting his job in 2012 to start something new, which is super crazy. He's also a podcast 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 host and also a best-selling author. Reed, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. It was uh, it's awesome to be here. Definitely, really excited to have you, man. Can you want, kind of walk us through your story when you first moved over here in 2012? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I got to rewind a little bit further than that. And uh, so my background is in structural engineering. I graduated in 2007. Mm-hmm. And 2007 went after that year, went straight to London to work on the 2012 Olympic Games in 2008. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, once the, I was only there for, for a year. And then once that visa finished, I went to the south of France and worked on the super yachts. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Below Deck on Bravo, but I was mm-hmm. a deckhand on like a deckhand on these mega wealthy yachts uh, for, for Russian billionaires. Mm-hmm. At that point in 2009, I, I, on the beaches of Spain in San Sebastian, I met the love of my life, who's now my wife, who's also an American girl, Erica. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you very much. And so that was two years of, of gallivanting around the world in t- uh, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Back to Australia in 2010, just had this incredible, um, you know, incredible two years. And I can't believe that I'm sitting at a desk job. And I, you know, I, I enjoyed studying civil engineering and structural engineering, but I didn't actually like being in a cubicle and so that was the sort of the aha moment of like i need to do something more with my life mm-hmm. I felt like my life was passing me by i felt like a basketball player and the game was going on and i was just not being subbed mm-hmm. in and so that that was a real turning point in my life and i really said okay what how do i get a how do i get someone just to pay me to live my life and that was where i stumbled across the book rich dad poor dad in 2010 i started then just diving deep into real estate you know education in australia Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, girlfriend moves out to Australia in 2011. So two years, uh, 2010, 2011, start getting you know like antsy again, want to move abroad. I really loved New York City, and I said, "Screw mm-hmm. it, let's uh, let's give it a crack." Erica is obviously American, so she she could get get a job really easily. And mm-hmm. I uh, there was a really great visa for Australians, and so we quit my job and moved halfway across the world, and was in the Big Apple. And within six months, I think of moving to the United States, I had my first little triplex in upstate New York for thirty eight thousand bucks, and. Uh, Wow. That was the uh, the start of of this this incredible journey, and 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 um and I you know had to get a job obviously, and the job led to me mm-hmm. being in the country, and then I could get more stuck into the real estate investing. So I love it, man. That's a great story because you know I think a lot of people out there can relate to you and be like, hey, I really feel stuck in my job. Times is passing me up, but you did something remarkable. You know, you completely changed your lifestyle. You moved to the United States from Australia, man. Uh, it was, it's, it's so what, one thing I've got to say is that the biggest thing that, that makes me tick or drive is my drive is, is a fear of regret. And I would yeah. rather have had a go or give it a crack, as I like to say, mm-hmm. moving to the United States. And the original plan was just to move here and be an expat for a couple of years and move back, you know, just to give it, you know, tick it off the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather have had a go at that and failed than to wake up at 70 years of age and go, geez, I wish I'd done some more with my life in my early, tw- in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And the worst case scenario, right, was I just would move back to Australia and get another engineering job. That was that was literally it. So 
Um, yeah, so there, it just it's puts it in perspective. You know, if yeah. you're willing to back yourself and willing to give it a go, not yeah. knowing what the future holds, that sort of me as a person, I understand. I like uncertainty in my life, and so that yeah. was really why I, I was like, "Screw it, let's go. I'm all in." All, awesome, man. All, all the chips are on the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you really succeed, though. You know, you put all your chips on the table. You're like, I have to succeed this way or no way, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Having a plan B can sometimes... Get in the way. Give you a cushion. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's when your back's against the wall that you start to really determine how you can push yourself in life. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Yeah, so um, previously, before you moved to the United States, were you investing in Australia already? No, or? not at all. Like that, So that book, into the, Richard Port had started, ignited the fire, right? And then I was just learning a bunch of stuff, you know, learning about house flipping, learning about lease options in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I was going to pull the trigger on something in Aussie, but then really had that desire to live as an expat in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so I'd save some money and said, screw it, let's move to the United States. Let's try and, let's try and make it go here, trying to find yeah. a job in, in America. Mm-hmm. And with the proceeds left over from that move, I was able to buy a property in upstate New York. But I also realized that the United States has such a low barrier to entry compared mm-hmm. to Australia. And so, you know, the whole thing about, you know, rich dad, poor dad, get cash in your pocket, Mm-hmm. start buying and that's what I did I, I looked for markets that I could afford I had th- I had about $40,000 saved up as my own money mm-hmm. banks weren't going to lend to me when I first moved here because I didn't have, I didn't even know what a credit score was I didn't know what an EIN number was I didn't know what an LLC was so I had to sort of educate myself really quickly about the United States market but yeah the time I bought that first little triplex in upstate New York I'd been sort of self-educating for about two two and a half years so oh, wow. yeah can you walk us through that triplex purchasing experience? Like, what was it like? What was uh, yeah. Like? So, well, I, so the, the, the real, within, I think within being fresh off the boat from like for two weeks fresh in New York, I was at my first RIA. And uh-huh. for all you listeners out there who are listening to this show, you have to realize that America has such an incredible network of these RIA. RIA and if you don't know what a RIA is, it's a real estate investment association. Mm-hmm. Compared to where I came from, where there was like one, one meetup, <laughs> It up, but it was just one in Brisbane, and that was it. Like, mm. I just didn't realize the wealth of knowledge and the wealth of information that are available at these things. And particularly coming from Australia and going to the Big Apple, it was like taking on you know information out of a fire hose. Yeah. Um, but but what I really quickly realized was like the barrier again that barrier tension was really low outside of you know New York City. Mm-hmm. And so I found just a, a place that was four hours uh, drive. I could get on a Greyhound bus. It was a direct <laughs> shot on a Greyhound bus, and I could get on it. On weekends, and I, I'd go up there to Syracuse, New York, and had a university, and I started looking for properties, cheap properties, really cheap properties, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 bucks, and uh, I finally found one after about six months, and mm-hmm. I had a real education in what the ghetto is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, coming from Australia, we didn't have uh, the similar sort of uh, socioeconomic uh, issues that America has, which I quickly realized was, a, was why things are so cheap, right, and why you have this, you know, on one end of the scale, you've got New York City, Manhattan, yeah. expensive to get into. And on the other scale, you've got these Class D neighborhoods in Syracuse, yeah. New York, um, that no one wants to live in. You know, you know, people have to live in, but because of, of, of socioeconomic issues, yeah. maybe it was a great way to me to get started in, in, in real estate investing. So, Dude, so you, bur- you bought your first property in a D-class neighborhood? Oh, my yes, God. I did. Section 8, my friend. Section 8. Learning, love it. Wow, that's that's one way to learn. That's the fastest way to learn. <laughs> I had a drive by shooting, man. It was a drive by shooting at my property within six months of, buy, of buying it. It was it was yeah. great. It was a great experience. But here's the thing: you do not get to deal number ten without doing deal number one. 
Exactly. And that's, and I was willing to risk my own cash, which is all I had, right? The banks weren't lending to me for getting an education because I was sitting on the subway in New York, read my nose stuck in a book on the, to and from work. Uh-huh. And I was like, I could only learn so much about it. And, and again, at that point, this is mid 2012, mm-hmm. I picked up the book Richard put out in early 2010. So that's two and a half years of self education. Mm-hmm. I just got to the point, I was like, screw it, let's get in. You know, you've already moved halfway across the world. What's it to buy a $38,000 property in upstate New York? Like, get, like, get going. You've, you've been educating yourself long enough. Like, you're not going to learn anymore from reading a book. You have to actually do it. And it's the it, action that, 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 takes, that makes it happen. So. Yeah, I love it, dude. It's, you have no analysis paralysis, which is... Well, I did. I, I did. <laughs> Sorry, so I, I'm an engineer, guys. I, I love... I'm, a, I'm an Excel geek and I create my own spreadsheets and I yeah. encourage everyone to create their own spreadsheets. I am analysis paralysis and it got yeah. me to the point where I was like, enough's enough. Get going. Hurry up. Yeah, yeah take action. So, yeah. yeah. That's pretty relatable with me too because I actually bought my first property in a D-class neighborhood as well. Nice. And then from there, I'm like, yeah, let's not do that again. (laughs) 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 You realize why they're D-class and why they're so cheap, right? So um, You also learn that the numbers are a little bit too sexy. Yes, yes. It's probably not a great... Well, what you learn, right, is is (laughs) what you learn is these cap rates are high. Like, wow, a 12 cap. You're like, it's a 12 cap because it's high risk because you're going to have higher transient people. People are going to move out and leave your place looking like crap and the cash flow that you did make that year, you're going to have to spend repainting the bloody house. So, you know, the lower the cap rate, the lower the risk and hence why New York, San Francisco, where you are, LA, where I live, you know, we're, we're in three, four caps, you know, where the, yeah. the, the, the demand is high and supply is limited and thus yeah. uh, the risk is lower. You'll so. see a five cap once in a while and you're like, what, what is this, D-class neighborhood in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jump on it, mate, jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it, dude. It's always a great, great deal. <laughs> so how did you make that transition over to buying your triplex to syndicating like large apartment families? Yeah, so that, that was a, um, end of 2013. I was in New York, still in New York, uh, I, at that point, I'd gotten two properties in upstate New York because I was able to buy the first one, then you know get a line of credit. Got the second one. Was gonna. It was in the process of buying a flip in Philadelphia. Still working as a structural engineer in New York City, so work still working a day job. My mate comes down from 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 Canada, who was a very good friend of mine, who I studied civil engineering with in Australia. He comes down, and I'm boasting to him, "Oh man, I've got these five six units. You know, I'm about to get you know a property in Philly. Like I probably had a, a mass like maybe." $200,000 worth of a portfolio. Like it wasn't a lot. And he's like, that's awesome, man. Uh, and then he, he says to me, oh, I just closed on a 70 unit deal. And I said, what do you mean 70? And he's like, like seven zero. And he's like, yeah, 70. <laughs> I was like, what the, excuse my language. What the fuck? You're like, how did you do that? And he said, well, well he's like, I got a mentor and I, I used other people's money, meaning, you know, I've got some friends and family involved and, and I did a sell carryback finance on the first property. So you need to raise like half a million bucks on like a, a 1.6 or $1.7 million property. Mm-hmm. And he was applying the same strategies as I was applying in these triplexes and duplexes, you know, go in, spend five, 10,000 bucks, increase the rent a hundred, $150 a month. But the thing was he had the scale. And so I knew all about the PL and NOI growth, but I just, I was too scared to, well, not too scared. I just had to do it myself. And then when I, that was the second point in my life was speaking with Scott about like the next aha moment. And I was like, okay, I need to you know, take that next, next, next step because I was getting to the ceiling. I was getting to the end of my tether in terms of my education. I wasn't going to get lent to any more. Borrowing was going to start to dry up because I was only, you know, they could only borrow to how much I was earning in New York City. 
Mm -hmm. So the next step was, you know, I need to get a mentor. And, I, and I, I'd been pitched, you know, coming to the States, you go to all these seminars and 20, 30, 40,000 bloody dollar mentorship programs. And, but it was, I knew in the back of my head that I had to take, if I was going to take that next step in life, I needed to surround myself and invest in my education, which is hence getting a mentor. So it was, it was that one conversation that led to, aha, let's go freaking take action and take this to the, let's, let's, let's take this from freaking second year to third year. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Brought up a lot of good points, man. I mean, one key takeaway from this is like, you know, talk to your friends who invest. You never know what kind of knowledge they can bring to the table and really change that your mindset, you know, because all you really need is those one liners that you're like, oh, wow, that's a great line. You listen to the whole conversation, you got one line. That's great. That's a great conversation, you know? Right, exactly. Over. And the second great thing you brought up is like, you know, if you don't know, I find a mentor. Right. You know, I think that a lot of people have this fear of just asking people for help, mm. you know? And that's, and, and you, you're so right. Like having that fear, like yeah. we're not just born with 15 years worth of experience, right? Yeah. We, we don't just come out of the womb, oh, ready to tackle real estate, you know, ready yeah. to tackle anything, you know, anything in life, whether it's starting a business or being an entrepreneur, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you have to surround yourself with people who are better than you or you aspire to be because you're going to be the average of five people. And so going out and finding that, that, educa that educator or the mentor who can you know guide you through the path you know will help you ultimately help you in you know the future so it's very very important and you got to get out you got to get over your own ego and, and go and ask for help because as you said like some people are so scared of it and they just won't go ask they think they know it all and that's you think if you ever get to that point in your life you think that you know it all you're going to fail because exactly. you never stop learning and to yeah. this point I will never stop learning I will be, always be a student in yeah. life and as I grow and my business grows, I become new challenges and new things to learn about. So, yeah, it's never stop learning and, and never stop surrounding yourself with people who you aspire to be. Definitely, man. I love that, dude. Hey, can you talk, talk through your ecosystem and your, and your team? Like, how did you recruit people? How do you manage personalities? Like, how do you even create your team? Are you talking about today or then? Today. Okay. So, today's a little different. Obviously, today's, you know, a lot different to what it was before the whole, and I've been through some, some, some ups and downs. I've had partners that I haven't worked out in the, in the past. Mm -hmm. The big thing for me was setting up systems in my business. Um, and, and so in order for me to be successful and what, what I mean by setting up systems, like I, I started getting the bug of multifamily. I started co-syndicating with other operators and, and my mm -hmm. mentor and I wanted to branch out on my own and, and not play second fiddle and start doing my own deals because that's, you know, I'm an operator at heart. Like I come from ground up construction. I've built across the world, across the globe, London, New York, LA, like I know how to construct things. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was, okay, well, I need to underwrite deals, right? And because I was working full time, I was like, well, I need to, I'm building a mousetrap of underwriting. Now I need to go and hire someone and, and, and get out of my own bloody way because I was the bottleneck. I was still underwriting deals. This was back in 2013, 14. Mm -hmm. And from there, I went and uh, got you know a couple of uh, USC graduates. I'd made the move to LA in early 2014. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking, looking at deals in, 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 in Dallas, Texas, actually, um, mm -hmm. sort of 40 to 60 unit deals. Um, and, and I, but I went in, you know, the reason I could start looking at them was hiring some people on board who could underwrite them for me pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to be the person that, that was the bottleneck because I wasn't underwriting quick enough. I wasn't getting the deals underwritten because I was still working full time and having a life and having a girlfriend and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So the key was to understand that I was the bottleneck and mm -hmm. I need to outsource some stuff. 
Now, over time, those those underwriters have changed and I've gone through a lot more underwriters. I still do a 1099 underwriting today. Like oh, wow. I've got four underwriters who, who work full-time as analysts, but they I pay them now more like 40 or 50 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're just sort of on call whenever I need to underwrite, you know, within 20, 20 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big thing is also finding a business partner who can be a, a complement to you and, and have a complementary skill set. So I invest in Texas. I invest in Austin, San Antonio. I live in LA. Mm-hmm. And back in 2013, 14, when I was chasing my own deals, I had, I had that, that had everything, you know, the system set up. I was getting on, my offers were good because I was getting invested in final. But what I was missing mm-hmm. was the broke relationships because I wasn't boots on the ground, right? I was, you know, who's this Aussie calling me from LA, you know, trying to... <laughs> Deals, you know, getting, numbers, you know, yeah, exactly. Like I was, I was getting invited to these best and finals, but I didn't have that. I was losing out on deals with, by fifty, sixty thousand dollars on a you know a couple million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. That's when I met my business partner Andrew, Andrew Campbell, and and he was born and bred in Austin, and he had a completely different skill set to me. You know, we were looking at the same sort of deals. He was looking to get started as well and branch out on his own, and he'd co syndicated with some other people, and it was just sort of a, a match made in heaven in in terms of just like we understood our yin and yang. He, he, you know, I always, I think, think of him as like, he shakes the lemon tree. Mm-hmm. I determine if we make lemon juice or lemonade out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so him being on the ground and me being at arm's length helps me have that sort of dynamic of like, Oh, good cop, bad cop. You know what I mean? And so uh, today, you know, it's, it's really important having a business partner. It's really important yeah. having systems and it's really important then to partner with good, good third party. We do third party property management. We use Roscoe property management. They're mm-hmm. very, very good. And we have a third party GC. And all those people form the team. And Andrew and I have a very, actually a very quite lean team in terms of what we have at Wildhorn Capital. Mm-hmm. It just, it might, it's us two. We have an executive assistant. I've got a couple of VAs. Mm-hmm. And we really outsource everything else. And, and we're at 1,800 units today. We're about to go to 2,000 um, next month when we close on another deal. In, in Congratulations, Zee. Thank you very much. But, but in general, you know, we've, if we're going to go double the portfolio in the next two to five years, we're probably going to have to bring on an asset manager. We're going to have to bring on a full-time underwriter. But we think that if, you know, we could probably manage with four to five employees managing about a five or 6,000 unit portfolio. And, and for us, what's really important is that it's life by design. The whole reason we got into real estate is to have a life where I'm from Australia, I go back there two or three times a year. As long as I've got internet, I can work. And, and we've always joked that, if we ever get get to a point where we need HR, we're done growing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we want to have a sustainable growth. And that's, you know, look, it probably looks like 12 to 15 assets in our portfolio, buying four deals a year, selling four deals a year, you know, just sort of cycling, cycling the portfolio. So we really that that's kind of the in a nutshell what our what our business looks like today. Awesome. And, what, and, and what we're going towards. That's a great explanation, you know. Because I always tell my friends what business partner really means. It means that you're basically dating someone else. Yeah. <laughs> It just basically means that you, it's almost like, you know, dating in a relationship. You have to find someone that compliments you, you know, yep. Yep. Find someone that has good chemistry with you that mm-hmm. is able to solve any kind of problems with you, you know, and, and also be the, be the, the yin to your yang, like exactly involved in any business. There's so many tasks to do and so many people, yeah. many sole entrepreneurs think that they've got to wear all the hats. Yeah. You've got to relieve yourself and take the hat, some of the hats off and just focus on what you're good at. And have, and have a business partner that can pick up the slack on the other side. You know, you don't yeah. want two business partners that do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Something missing, uh-huh. right? You want to have that, the yin and the yang going on because it's, uh, it's really important to, to, to distribute the load. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking very engineering now. <laughs> distribute the load and, and, and make sure that everything's getting done and, and so you don't have to do it all. 
because sometimes people do think they have to do it all and it's not the case. Yeah, that's definitely not the case being an entrepreneur, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to delegate some of the tasks and as you realize having a partner that compliments you allows you to free your bandwidth to think exactly. bigger. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Think bigger. Because taking that mental, oh, God, I've got to do all these things, uh-huh. either not getting help from underwriting or not getting an executive yeah. business, not getting a business partner that can help you with that part of the business or not getting a third-party property manager who can help you manage the assets or not getting a GC who can you know, under, you know, make sure the thing's doing, going over correctly, that it doesn't allow you to be the CEO and navigate the ship where you want to go. Right? Exactly. And that's, that is exactly the, 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 yeah. the two inches up here up top that is really valuable as, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO of your business to make sure you're steering it in the right direction. Definitely. You also think about too, the task you're doing, is this going to be the best return on your time? 100%. Every action, every decision you make, you have to think like, is this the best use of my time that would take our business to the next level? Right. Exactly. I've got actually, if you, if you want to get into it, I've got three, I define my task in three different ways, black time, blue time, and red time. Mm -hmm. Black time is creation. I call it and creating and visionary. So what, what, where are we headed to? Where, where's the North Star for the business? Where's the North Star for me as a, as a, as a leader, as a, as a business owner, as a, as a human, you know, as a husband, as a, as a brother, all that sort of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the blue time is the, the revenue generating. So like, you know, you, you think of it like the manufacturing line. Like, do you need to be inside the manufacturing line? No, you don't. You need, probably need to be overlooking the manufacturing line. So stuff like underwriting, stuff like asset management, stuff like, you know, uh, property management and general contracting, all that's in blue time. And me as a good CEO slash asset manager, I'm overseeing that and being sort of the puppeteer. Now, and then there's a the red time and red time is all the administration stuff that you don't, you know, it just doesn't really move. It, it doesn't move the needle in terms of actual revenue, but it needs to be done in terms of p- giving the business support. Mm-hmm. And so when we all start, when we start as a solo entrepreneur, you're going to be in each of those periods, right? Probably more red and blue than any black. But as you start getting help and start defining tasks, you can then spend more of your time in black and, 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 and blue. And you black and blue matters. Yeah, black and blue matters. In, in an ideal situation, you should be, you know, 50-50 in black and blue, maybe even 60-40 black to blue. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's how you define the tasks. And, yeah. um, and that's how I define it in my life in terms of making sure that I'm on working on the right stuff and not just being busy to be busy. You know what I mean? So. And, and we, we, you know, we mentioned earlier that you are a published author. Can you kind of transition us over to that segment and tell us how you got into it and what's your book about? Tell us all about yeah, it. If you're watching online, the two books are here, Investing in the US, which is my podcast, which has been going for about four and a half years. It's all the best episodes from that podcast jammed into a book. And that went number one just before Christmas. Um, and that's just yeah, the A to Z of real estate investing here in the United States with my journey intertwined in it. Uh, mm-hmm. The second book has not gone number one, but we'll get it there. It's called 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. And that's uh, me and eight other Aussies or seven other Aussies. We created a mastermind about three or four years ago. Uh-huh. We've come across, made the, made the journey across the ditch and we've all created financial freedom through investing in US real estate. So we created a book called 10,000 Miles to the American Dream. So, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Don't worry. After this podcast, it'll be number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the millions of listeners, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, what we mean? Let's talk a little bit more about yourself. Like, what is, what is your five-year goal and your ten-year goal from now? Like, where do you see well, yourself? It's it's funny you bring that up. Um, it's an interesting dilemma that I've you know when when I first ten, 
the, what does Tony Robbins says? You can uh, you can underestimate you can overestimate what we can achieve in a year. You can underestimate what we can achieve in a decade. Literally ten years ago, I picked up the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm now sitting here talking to you about my portfolio. I had no ambition that this was going to be where I ended up. I've just worked hard and and you know let doors open up in front of me. Mm-hmm. So my goal in ten years' time, I don't know if I have one yet because of the fact that I've just enjoyed the last 10 years. I know if I just do exactly what I'm doing right now, the next 10 years are going to be freaking awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I do know is that I know that, I, I know that as an entrepreneur, as a, as a business owner, you've got to hustle and you've got to hustle and work hard. Mm-hmm. So doors open for you. Um, now, you might have some goals in and around where the business would look like, but you know, it's, it's all just a, you know, a target out there. But right now, I'm just, you know, my, my message is like work hard, see what doors open up, and you know, humble enough to walk through those doors. Don't be, you know, that, imagine that. Imagine I didn't take that step on that plane coming from Australia. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. You know what I mean? Like, I just think about all the times that doors have opened up, and I've just not known what's on the other side, but just gone through and just said, "Screw it, let's, let's give it a go." So that's not really the answer you're looking for, but it's a, sort of a different take on it in terms of mm-hmm. my new north star. And, and I think in general, from the business point of view, it's obviously you know doubling your portfolio making sure my investors have a really great return on their, on their investments. And we have a sustainable portfolio that, that people want to keep coming back again and again. I also want to buy back in Australia. I want to buy commercial real estate in Aussie. And I want to, you know, I want to keep buying real estate around the world like if I can. It's not just, it's not just America. I've come here and made some stuff happen. But mm-hmm. where, where do I want to travel to in the future? You know, I want to have, obviously have some stuff back in Aussie. But do I want to have something where I, lo- I love surfing? You know, like so do I want to have some, something in Bali or Costa Rica? I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, Definitely. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like thinking back and connecting the, the dots going backwards and like, wow, like everything fell into place. If this didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. This happened, yeah. this happened, you know, and it's, it's really crazy to trace back because I know you're a huge fan of being uncertain about certain things, you know, and you gave me the most uncertain answer, which I love. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. I love that dude. Yeah. Well, it's also just, it's about, um, you know, fine. I'm 33 years of age, about to turn 34. Um, it, it's also about living in the moment. I've had some recent um, losses in my life that um, you've got to live life now. Like yeah. you really have to, and it's you know, life can be over in a split second. Um, obviously, Kobe Bryant just recently passed away. Um, sad about it, that. It, it can be, it can be all, it can literally be all over. And if you're not enjoying the moment and you keep thinking about what's going to happen in the future, mm-hmm. life's going to pass you by real quick. Um, and, 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 you know, sometimes we forget to stop and enjoy the view because it's not the mountaintop we scale to that is the ultimate goal. It's enjoying the journey. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, really important. I think that's a great mindset too, especially in real estate, because a lot of, a lot, there's a lot of misconception that real estate is fast money, easy money, Mm -hmm. that you become successful overnight. But I think you and I can all agree. It takes forever. (laughs) Slow and steady. And and that's, that that sort of gives me, irks me a little bit because I, I come from a country where, if you double your money in 10 years, you're doing really, you're doing really good. And, and I think in the last, since the recession, particularly in America, so many people have seen some silly returns. Yeah. Double, tripling their money in five years. Mm-hmm. But now not in that, but the next 10 years are going to be completely different from the last 10 years. Yeah. Investors have to readjust their expectations. Great. And it's not, just because you don't double your money in three years doesn't mean it's a bad deal. It just means that it's going to have a longer term horizon and that's okay. And, and the thing is, you know, talk about cash flow and all this sort of stuff, like, the, 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 the God's honest truth is if you want cash flow, go buy a business. If you want long-term wealth, go, go and invest in real estate. Right? Yeah. 
And real estate is not sexy per se. It's, it's like not, it's not quick money at all. <laughs> if you've got time on your hands, you'll make money in real estate. If you yeah. don't have time on your hands, or you don't have patience. Mm-hmm. You go invest in something else because this yeah. is not the, the the business to be in. So, yeah, absolutely yeah. agree, man. Hey, do you have any books? I mean, I, you mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad. I still yep. Do you have any books, podcasts, or other mediums that you draw inspiration from? Yeah, like and I, I, I give this book a bit of a plug on, on all the podcasts I go to. Uh, it helped me redefine being a key person of influence. And the book is called Key Person of Influence by Dan Priestley, Australian author. He's got a couple of other really good books out there called 24 Assets and Oversubscribed. Mm-hmm. It talks a lot about nothing to do with real estate, but how you as the bit, you know, as a personal brand, how mm-hmm. that creating a personal brand helps you become recession proof because awesome. you know you 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 will inv- the widget I'm using is real estate but in the future if real estate comes off the boil which it probably will you know, is there another widget you can create money for um, and so being a key person of influence in your sphere and how you go about and achieving that K- KPI status is really really important and really really what like as you know probably people invest in you first and foremost they don't yeah. invest in the deal 100 trust you if they don't you know you don't have tra- transparency you don't have credibility you're not down to earth, you're not, you're not approachable, they're going to pass you by and, and, and move yeah. on down the road. So it's really important that, that it's a KPI by Dan Preece. It's a great, great little read. So. I also want to plug into uh, Crushing It by Gary Vee, how yep. he emphasizes the importance of personal branding. Yep. We live in a golden era of personal brands. You know, Without personal brand, you really can't do anything because you, you do. are the brand before yeah. your own business brand. Yep, so 100%. 100%. Yeah, I guess so. One final question: um, If you can redo any part of your investment career again, what would you do differently? Oh man, this is this is such a weird question. Mm-hmm. I've had failures. I've worked really hard at where I've got mm-hmm. today. Like all this stuff, we're sitting here. We've only got thirty minutes. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I've been through ups and downs and you know, crap. Um, the, the 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 truth of the answer is, I wouldn't do it any other way. Love it. It's my journey and people who, who people, and that's again, it goes back to that mindset. People like, oh, I wish I got started in real estate investing 20 years ago. I was like, well, you didn't and you're here today. Shut up and let's get going. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's your journey. You're here. You've been brought down this path for a reason. You might, you might wish you'd invested back in 2009 or 2010. Well, you didn't. Who cares? Now move on and now make the most of what you've got today. That old Chinese awesome. proverb, you know, plant a tree 20 years ago, the next best time is right now. And I, and I think that oh. is... So many people get caught up with the what what could have been, and, and yeah. again, it's that that mentality of like thinking behind or thinking yeah. forward. Live in the moment; it is what it is, and I would not repeat. I would not undo anything that I've done in the past. Exactly, because everything that happened to you made the person you are today. Exactly. You know, one hundred percent. The opportunity might seem a lot greater a couple of years ago, but looking in the present scene, it's like the opportunities are. You're surrounded by opportunities. You just have yep. to your mind to see them. Exactly. 100%, man. Awesome, man. So how can our listeners find out more about you? Easiest way, go to reedgoosens.com. That's R-E-E-D-G-O-O-S-S-E-N-S.com. Um, you can find out everything there. The books are up there. Audio book is about to go live for investing in the US in the next couple of days. Um, my podcast. And, and if you're ever coming through LA and you want to hit me up and go for a beer or go for a coffee or whatever, um, just go to reach out at info, I-N-F-O at readgoosens.com. Just give you some heads up if you're coming down and I always love, you know, you know catching up with people and talking shop. So, awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you. I really enjoyed it. You're a good, good, good interviewer. So thanks. Definitely, man. Thank you so much. All right, bye.